Okay, we left off with uh, two loose ends in the very fascinating Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi said that all the Malachim, including the Rishayim, had a dinner melech to some extent. Some extent was added by us, trying to integrate the Tesis and Sanhedrin. How much power did they have? But they had a dinner of a melech, and that continued until Yehu and the later generations. Meaning Yehu and his, let's call it three generations later, even though they didn't end up in their Ruchnius and uh, the Tzadikim category. After that, the Yishami says they stole the Malchus as Listim, and that's what we're up to in Malachim Beis, which we will continue either later today or next week. The Satmarov in his piece that we had gone through makes his chilik between the Rishayim, Achav, and Omri, and Yehu's descendants and others, and all those who were not doing the right thing in serving Klai Yisrael. Satmarov says, based on Yushalmi, Yushalmi is the Yushalmi. You can't, very difficult to argue this Yushalmi unless you say it's Machalik Zabav and Yushalmi, which we have not found explicitly, and he says that the uh, government today, any government, wouldn't have a status of a government, uh, despite the fact that some are claiming why they're worse than Achav, he said they have no mandate, and here's the part that's important for Navi, they have no mandate from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as did uh, Achav, Omri, Yerobim and Nevat had one Beferish appointed by Achia Shilani, Yehu appointed by Yena Navi, sent by Elisha. And at the end of the year, and after the year, we're discussing, does anybody disagree on that last point? The answer is certainly. There are many that hold that the government, Bidyevid, at least, some hold Bidyevid would have a din of a government if Zemashiyesh, as they say in Eitz Yisrael. And we have no choice, and whether they're Jewish, Turks, British, uh, that's, that's what it is. And somebody's got to collect taxes and pave the roads and uh, pay for the army and the like. And there certainly is an opinion like that, ranging from L'Chadchila and the Aschalta de Gula camp uh, per our Chalazan Shir yesterday. Not the only reason for the Chalazan, but uh, we spoke about it at length. And those who are perhaps, if I can call it, in the middle, uh, probably most of the Rosh Hashivas who held that maybe L'Chadchila, perhaps L'Chadchila, probably L'Chadchila shouldn't have been done this way. Some would say definitely lechatchila. I mean, everybody, I think everybody agrees. No matter what camp you're from, if you're wearing a yarmulke, you hold it's bidyevet uh, that uh, somebody should be passing laws based on one third British common law, one third Turkish law, and one third Talmud, Rahman al I should say. So it's certainly a very bidyevet situation. The question is, does it have any chalos of a malchus? The Satmarov clearly holds no, and others uh, would say bidyevet yes, and maybe others uh, less bidyevet. The Yashami, though. Whatever you hold on the status of the government today, the Yushalmi clearly says that the ones that had it until Yehu and his descendants had it in a melech, and the ones after that just stole it. So you'd have to answer, this is why this uh, shtickle is so important, you'd have to answer why any government today would be more than that. Manchatesi, they didn't steal it. They're certainly there against the Ratzon Hashem in terms of running the government in a way that's not up here. That you can't get. It has nothing to do with Satmer or anybody else. Everybody's masking to that one second. And here we have a situation where there wasn't a mandate from a Navi. 
You could say, it is Rosh Hashem, it's not Rosh Hashem, it's Ikfus HaMashiach, it's Aschat HaDagula. It's very hard to bring Raya's to any of those positions. And what I'd like to show you now, since I take the first question, is where, if you want to put this Yushami into the Navi, where do we see that Omri and Achav, which is take as an example, Yehu we have a Farish, and Yorob Menavot was appointed by Achir Shalani. Where do we see Achav had a mandate from HaKadosh Baruch Hu? It's hard to read into the Pesukim, but just to do justice to Yushalmi, you have to figure out something, and that's what I'd like to try to show you today. Yes? So absent, let's say absent a king, and let's say absent a direct, uh, direct Nebuah from a Navi, what is the ideal uh, method of selecting a leader, and what... Uh, Ramam spells it out. Ramam spells it out very clearly. How do you select a leader? I'm going to try to... Uh, for the last 10 years or so, people ask me to repeat the questions for those who are listening, so please remind me to do so. Uh, how do you select the, the leader of the Melech? The Rambam spells it out very clearly. You need a Sanhedrin. You need a Novi. That's been pointed. Are you day Novi? That's aspect is Sveik Dinim in the Melech. Bechir Hashem and the Bechir Am. So the Novi appoints who HaKosh Baruch Hu told him should be king, like by Shoal and by David. And then you'll say, well, once Hashem tells us, then why do we need a vote? And then why do we have to find out the consensus of the people? The answer is uh, such is life. It's not halachically it shouldn't be necessary, but you have to make sure that he is accepted by the people. And the Sahedrin vets that. Sahedrin knows the, understands what the people will handle, the mood of the people, and that's why when David Amal was thrown off the throne, the Biskorov says he only had a half a den of Melech because he was still Bechir Hashem, he wasn't Bechir Am at that point. And Shalom Melech first was rejected by the, some people in the peanut gallery, and then they reconfirmed his Malchus. Has to be both, but you need that process. And... He is the second half, correct. In other words, you have people still a Bechira, right or wrong, and they have to, yes. But you need both. You have to start off with the Bechira Hashem, yes. Nowadays, we don't have Sanhedrin, so how, 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 what would be the right way? There is no right way. We have to dive in the heart of the Mashiach, and so, so that, that's the, so, that's the divergence of opinion over here. Satmarov says the whole thing was pushed with an incorrect agenda, and we shouldn't be doing this, and this is Yala Bechayma. And others say, yeah, but the Devit. Zemashiyesh, and others say there was the Chathila, and this is part of the Gula process. So what the three. Eliyahu Anavi coming, and, of the, of the, coming and the, of the he's called the Melech HaMashiach. No, he's, he's not the Mashiach, he's the Melech HaMashiach. But he's not, uh, say, is not here, so what, what called, would be the right form? It's called Gullus. Your question is interesting. Your, your question is, it, the, the preferred is that we bring the Mashiach, and that Mashiach is not only the Mashiach in terms of Fixing up the Ruchnias, he's a Melech. He's a Din of a Melech. It's called a Melech HaMashiach. The okay. Ramam says that quite clearly. Who should be running, should be running the, 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 the government of Israel right now? There is no. And, and you your question, according to the Shtiklawan, the question is is an error. Who should be running? It shouldn't, shouldn't be there. So Muslim Rashid is held, okay, now but you have it, you don't have to dismantle it. Satmarov still held you have to dismantle it. And others say, no, you should be helping it, putting it together, and increasing it. Those are the three, three very, very different sheetas. What? No, it's not that it shouldn't have been done in the first place. So that's why I said all you're doing is echoing. You learned in yeshivas. So all you're doing is echoing what you heard from all your yeshivas is we're stuck. Dismantle it and give it to whom? There is nobody to give it to. We certainly have no peace partners. Certainly don't have any partners in the government. And therefore, what are you going to do? So we've got to make do with it. Okay. That's yeah, the middle sheet. It's a democracy, that's right. It's a public government. It's a democracy. Democracy is certainly not a monarchy. It's owned by all the people, or other people, whoever you, whoever you want to say it. So we're, we're trying our best and making do with what we have, but it's, you know, everybody holds it problematic. The people who are pressing the Aschat HaDigula agenda in the West Bank and in Shiloh and in Hebron and all those places, they don't like the government either. 
The, the government, the government d- dislikes them more. Shail, who they dislike more? The chadal or the regular charedim? It's it's a, a, sadly a close contest. I think the charedim still win, but uh, but <laughs> it's it's sad. I mean, they don't like uh, you know they don't like either agenda. They want a secular state. Yes. Right. Very interesting points. You're asking Rabbi Kivan Bakov, what was his Havamina? The Havamina was very, very, very understandable. Uh, people misread this Rambam. Uh, they misinterpret this Rambam. The Rambam describes in, in Hilchas Mashiach, at the end of Hilchas Malachim, the process of the Mashiach. He said, and even Rabbi Kiva supported Bakovva, and Dima, he thought, it was a good half mean it could be Melech HaMashiach until he realized that he wasn't. Which means that Melech HaMashiach has to be somebody who you're going to support initially. It's a chicken and egg problem. Or else, how can he do what he's supposed to do in terms of winning the war, securing it, Israel, causing mass tshuva, and then building the base of Mikdash, the process. So the Asad Lugula people will believe it's a very long process. And it can even have ups and downs, which unfortunately, you know, giving, giving land back that we already conquered is certainly in the wrong direction, they will probably answer, okay, there are ups and downs, and everybody else will answer that Mechatesi was a Sadhguru in the first place. Okay. Lamaisa, Rabbi Kiva, in this time frame, had a person already that apparently fit the bill in his leadership in his Yichus, and he does not have to be the world's biggest Tanachachim, but he has to be a Maker Abonon, he has to be holding, and he was at the beginning. So Abikiva initially said, okay, well, you've got to support him enough that he can start doing his job. And as I mentioned in this year, there are riots. He actually started building the base of Mikdash, which is part of his job, minted coins, had a government. And that is, that's not a, an alternative government. That is the Melech HaMashiach. Okay, so how does this Yushalmi? And is very good, because there will be at a certain time when we're actually going to proclaim him king. That's the tricky part. We didn't <laughs> proclaim him king. Abikiva said, let's look, let's watch, let's follow, and let's see. He proclaimed himself king. And that doesn't mean he had full status of king. And Leo Navi is supposed to come on the scene. The Ramah says when he's supposed to come on, uh, before, during, after, that's the Shaila of various Medrashim, and proclaim him Melech HaMashiach. That didn't happen. Again, I don't know how he said it, but there's the same tricky idea with the Chashmanayim. The Ramban attacks them. He says, despite the fact they were Chasidim, you know, they saved Klai Yisrael, and we have Hanukkah. They were all destroyed because they proclaimed themselves king. We're not sure historically which one. They proclaimed themselves king. That's the Shiloh. Which one? Shimon, Yehuda, who? who the he descendants? They were, initially, they were careful not to. They were Kainim. That was part of the problem. But somewhere along the line, that, that line was crossed and it wasn't right. The Ramban claims that's why it destroyed. The Ramban sounds like he argues on that historical prop because he includes in the Nase of Hanukkah the fact that they had a Malucha. Now, does he mean... In Hachasanaki, he says, does he mean that that was a malucha al-pidin, or they had a malucha meaning that the Greeks were out, and the Tzadukim were out, more or less, less or more, depending on the Tegufa, and at least we had from control. But that from control became control without the Frumkite after a couple of generations, even the Manachash Manam, and then it became not Jewish control, because this wasn't Jewish. So that of Dinavah, Malchus clearly not when he was reading the Sefer Torah by Hakel. He started crying, and they told him, Machino Atta, and they were wrong. He wasn't the king. Even though Zemashiyesh again, that was the government. There are many uh, examples of this throughout history. And, they, and they, the Gemara says they were wrong. He was not the king. Does that mean he didn't have any status for government? That's this debate. Okay, Which, 
Even Hakel, which is not talking about raising armies and taxes and taking people's vineyards, just reading the Sefer Torah and Hakel, something relatively benign. But it's not relatively benign. It's a din. It's a din only by a king. And he started crying when he got to the Pasuk. Because he knew he wasn't a Karabachacha. And they confronted him. And they said, don't worry, you're one of us. And they were wrong. Even Akadekha, even that wasn't our favorite. He wasn't supposed to be king. Rabbi Kiva was fine. He was waiting, supporting him long enough that if it would succeed, then Elio and Navi would come and officially anoint him, and then uh, everything would be fine. So, in theory, a person could be waiting for this Malthus today to become a new Malthus, and, you know, that's, maybe that's... Uh, Th- those who hold the Astato de Gula, they're waiting for Netanyahu to do tshuva. I, I don't think... Uh, I, I'm a comment. I have to attack people, but they, you know, to say all of a sudden he'll turn around and he'll be, uh, he'll, he'll be from, he'll, he'll uh, be learning, and he'll be... He'll be leading, and he'll be, um, can somebody be the Melech HaMashiach who wasn't from most of his life? I'm not going to comment on that because, you know, <laughs> it's not my department. Uh, but it's unlikely that a government that's here to enforce secular halacha, to be Ke'echad Amim, has anything to do with Mashiach. That, that, again, that's not that's, that, that's, those are all the Rosh Hashivas in the middle. What we're saying is, that's why they joined the government. Those uh, he held, you shouldn't join the government. They'll have anything to do with it. They said, uh, it's here now, we've got to work with it, or it's going to be worse. It's part of the uh, very, very sticky problem that's going on now with this pending uh, bill, and, uh, which we alluded to a couple weeks ago. We're not going to do more than that, because even alluding to it uh, took another few hours after that. So uh, it's, it's a problem. How do, you, how do you deal with the present situation? It's a, it's a big problem. We don't have any precedent. The problem is that Barakhefu was quite firm when he started. And, and he'll claim, if you ask him, he was quite firm when he ended. But if you're not following the Ramah, Bikiva left Beitar and withdrew support because he became a Balgaiva and he started telling Kaj Baruch don't help me, don't hinder me. That's not very firm. That's, uh, that's Kfira, basically. So that's the issue. You're asking all the right questions. These are, these are historical issues. What was the status then? That's the issue now. Uh, the Nafkaminas are... Are, are limited but very important right now. No one's saying uh, you should land and not go through passport control, and no one's saying you should uh, drive 90 miles an hour on Kvir Shalif. Well, no, you shouldn't do that anyway, it's dangerous. No one's saying you should go and therefore violate all the laws. It's Shaila is, push comes to shove, and unfortunately that's literal and, and figurative, when there are things that are being done with uh, anti-religious slant or things that will deeply affect, affect the religious community, and uh, they either don't know, don't care, or are doing it lachis, probably a blend of three, depending who it is in the government, then what are we supposed to do? And it's not only an issue with the army, it's an issue, and again, one of the ironies is that they have no problem with a conscientious objector in Tel Aviv who will not serve in the army because they go in the West Bank and he holds with the aggressors and he holds the Palestinians should be put in a pedestal. Nobody has that, nobody's... Uh, I don't see any hafkanot against, against them because they're far left and that's fine with us. Far left is okay. Far right is very religious. That's a problem. So, and there are plenty of those. And they don't hold of, um, they hold all the settlers in the West Bank are all out of their mind. If we don't hold them, we shouldn't support such an enterprise and we agree with the UN and Israel never belonged to us off my line and Hebron and Yushalayim, nothing ever. And there are people like that, and unfortunately. And, uh, and they don't join the army. Bashita. So their sheet is okay, and our sheet is not. Very, very, uh, 
I would call it strange, but it's, uh, we know where they're coming from, so it doesn't, doesn't surprise us anymore. That's part of the issue. Okay, so uh, let's see the Pesach and see if we can figure out where there might be a directive from HaKosh Baruch Hu and Achav and Omri, as the Yishalmi seems to suggest. Take a look in front of you on page one. Start from the uh, top Pesach. It's a nice review of Malachim Aleph, Perak Tezayan. This is from seven years ago in this Navi Shir, if you recall, or roughly within, within a year or two. I just thought of the middle of Pesach, the top line of the bracket. We have a king who was king for two years, unfortunately short-lived, didn't do tshuva. Zimri is not a good guy. He's already drinking heavily, and he didn't even start, and it won't last very long. And uh, he uh, kills him, and when Zimri becomes king, Now here, just get the context here. Zimri, who's not a good guy either, kills uh, Basha, who uh, kills Elab and Basha, who was a drunkard and a Russia as well. And this was in fulfillment of the Dvar Hashem, as the Pesach will say in a moment. wiped out the whole family. said that there will be a king who will come and wipe out Beis Basha, and they deserved it. And here it happened. Zimri, unlike Lishliach, we've had kings that started off as Sadiqim and did the job, and then they went off. Here, it didn't really get off the ground. Why is he the Shliach to wipe out Beis Basha? He's not much better. Well, he had Bechira, but uh, didn't exercise it very well. Yud Gimel. Kol chatos Basha v'chatos Eila benoi asher chatu v'asher chtivus Yisrael v'hachas Hashem alakei Yisrael v'havleim. And their enticement and their heavy worship of Avadazar. And now Zimri is king. Talk about short reigns. Also, remember, it was a tremendous Sadik. This is all going on in the Aserah Shvatim. Malach Zimri Shivas Yamim He was king for seven days. That's not even enough to have your first meeting to appoint the cabinet. Next page. The people now heard. Just the rumors are getting out. Absence of modern communications. So seven days went by. They're just hearing that he took over. This is quite unusual. It's not that he was king for seven days and then they rebelled. When they heard about it, that he took over, they appointed, well, half of them, appointed Amri Sa'id to be the next king. They didn't even like the fact that he was trying to become king. So they came and laid siege to Tirza, where this new king was. And he burnt the whole palace down with him in it. And Zimri dies. Why did he die? He was king for seven days. This is very 
unusual as well. Al chatosav asher chatolasa rabbein Hashem lechas b'derech Yeravam because Zimri was rotten and he went b'derech Yeravam b'chatosav she'asal hachti is Israel. He was only king for seven days. How much damage could he have done? The answer is that this is one example. Kashbachos sometimes takes Sadikim away, like before the generation gets to them and they go off. Here, he was so bad, and in his first seven days, he rolled out such an agenda. He's repealing every half a mean of a mitzvah and every half a mean of Talmud Torah and anything that has to do with Kedusha. Whatever he was thinking and doing, Kashbachos said, That's it, you get the full debit on your account of all the other areas you wanted to do, and we're getting rid of you now. Now you'll say, well, uh, the fellow takes over, isn't going to do much better, that's true, but at least he gets off the ground and he had a couple of zchusim. Omri is now going to have a very powerful malucha, and the only one's going to outdo him in Rishus is his son, Achav. And yet, again, a misquoted medrash, Omri gets the malucha for quite a few years, and multi-generations, because he conquered land in Israel and he added cities to Eretz Yisrael. So again, people misquote that. You see, all you got to do is expand Eretz Yisrael. You can do whatever Avodah you want. You're good to go. Not exactly, because Amri and Achav and the whole Hever are sitting at Gehenna. Well, maybe not anymore, I hope. Uh, but it didn't do much for the Olam Haba, but it is a schus, so it's got to be paid back somewhere. As most of Zimri apparently had nothing in his agenda to do anything for Eretz Yisrael. So now we have a problem. Are we following Omri or not? We won't know much about him because he didn't win. And we know who wins. And he got rid of him. And Amri takes over and then produces an Achav and it continues from there. So Yushalmi includes all these people under the mandate of becoming kings under Koshbarku's direction. Where did that happen over here? Well, the only thing I have is that the Zimri, the Pasis of Ferish, took over Kidvar Hashem to wipe out Bez Basha. Does that mean another came to him? Not necessarily. In fulfillment of the Dvar Hashem. And then Zimri didn't really get off the ground, and Omri took over. So really, Omri was the success of those who killed out Beis Basha, and the Achav took over from there. The Kiddush to me over here is that if there could have been an Avi, it just doesn't say Beferish over here. Absence of an Avi, well, you could say, you can and should say, everything that happens is from the Dvar Hashem. So why is this a Raya more than... And the other king, Sarachin, perhaps there's another source that says the Navi did tell him to do it. Whatever the case may be, uh, the Yishami does say it, and hence the uh, fascinating uh, possibilities over here. The Yishami's context is that everybody from here on in is an armed robber and has no right to be king at all, and now we will go back to the Pusik and continue with the very troubling times. Let's go back to Malachim. Bez Perek Tezvav, if you have a Navi, yes, it's not Kriyashmas now, as you're turning the pages before you get there. Don't forget, uh, we have about a minute or two to go. Malachim Bez Perek Tezvav, Pasik Tezayin. Az Yake Menachem Es Tivsach Ves Kola Sheba, Es Gvulah Mitirza Kilo Pasach. When he took over, this city didn't want to know from him, so they didn't open the doors, it was a walled city. When he finally got in, it was a massacre. Vayach Eskol, Vayach, meaning he killed everybody, Eskol Harosah Bikeah. Can you imagine the cruelty? This sounds like from Afghanistan or somewhere. 
around that region. Uh, he got in, he, this is a Jewish city. He's massacring Jews because they didn't let him in and didn't want to become king. So he'll say, well, they're Merva Malchus. Of course, the Ishami would say that he's not king, and therefore they can't be a Merva Malchus. He has no right to do this. And Harosah Bikea is he uh, ripped open uh, expecting women and killed them, and no doubt they didn't survive, and the uh, Ubram as well, which sounds like a third world country civil war, Rahman al-Islam. But that's why the Ashami says everybody from here on in is not doing it right. If you'd ask them about their agenda, no doubt they would tell you that uh, they're here to fix up the Asar Sashratim and bring back a stable Malchus. And interestingly enough, uh, when we get to the end, one of them will. And we'll do it. Uh, if you ask Kim L'Shem Shemayim, and he was not the worst of them. But the Yishalmi said the status as king is no longer here. That's Uziel. Very long reign, despite his charge of the Beis Amitish and his attempt at bringing the Guterres and his subsequent Saras. We find Baruch Hashem, nothing else as a blemish on his record. Adarab, we find him living in a base Kfar, is doing Chuba the rest of his life. And his Heiligat Tzadik of son Yesim continue the Malucha, very stable, very peaceful, and uh, huge success in Ruchnius. So it's interesting, we're going now, Nebuch king after king, we're still back in the king of Yehuda from we left Azariah a couple of months ago. He's still king, more than that, a few years ago. So that's the same Uziah Azariah. So, Pasek always returns to this, even if they get rid of all the other Avodah which they didn't. The fact that they're not breaking the mold and fixing the original problem is not going to work. They have to change. If, if the Assassin's Shvatim really say they have to change the entire method of what they're trying to accomplish and how the government is run and what they're teaching the people, which is not being done. Ba full Melachash, and here starts the trouble. Ashur is starting to invade, and as you all know, Ashur should sound uh, more than vaguely familiar. Uh, they're going to invade a few times, and uh, they're going to, in the not-too-distant future, end up exiling part of the Assessor Shvatim, then the Assessor Shvatim, and then they're going to invade Yehuda, which is uh, going to be quite a discussion of what is going to happen over there with some good news. Right now, not much good news. Now, if you didn't have a strong enough army to fight and you invaded by a vastly superior army, both in armaments and people, Ashur now is the world empire. And they're coming in, and he is scared for good reason. It's only one or two reasons not to be scared when an army 100 times your size invades. Either you have a secret weapon they don't know about, which he didn't, or you're a tzaddik and you have bitachon, which they don't know about, which he didn't. So he's missing both ingredients. Uh, in contrast to what we'll get to in a few months, is Cheskeo HaMelech doesn't have the former, but he will have the latter, plus the Navi Adar on his side. And he has no choice, so option number three is to bribe him. So he sent him a fortune of money, which he didn't have. You'll see how he collects it in a moment. Elef Kikar Kasef, that's a lot of money. And the bribe was, don't attack me and be my ally. Well, uh, I have some bad news. In history, you can't always trust the people you're bribing. If you've ever, hopefully you've never had a personal encounter, but um, 
in most situations, this is the case. Nebuchadnezzar, the Nazis, they used to give some of their money. Once in a while, they would leave them alone. Most often, they'd take the money and turn them in. Whether the Nazis, the Ukrainians, the Polish, or whoever it was. And his deal was, that can either be interpreted to leave him alone and leave him the kingdom, or to actually help him. And the, the Mepharshim are divided on what happened over here. To pay for this, he levied the tax. Each uh, fellow, each captain was in charge of raising his part. Some of the say the bribe worked and the purpose of the bribe was just leave me alone, leave me king and get out of the country. Took the money, got out. That's the better of the two. Um, the uh, versions of the story, if you'll call it. The other version is that he asked him to be an ally, and he's supposed to stay and help him, and that he didn't do. He just took the money and left. Either way, he's gone. And we will continue with those maluchas next week. Let's go to the Peleyayats. Why is that? Not if his fathers are in the same boat. That's good in Malchi Yehuda. It says they slept with their fathers. That means they were with the good guys. But if they're no good guys, buried there. Not going to help you too much. And there were no, and there were no good guys here. Mm, that list in Chaylek of the people of Islam Haba is very, very short. I would love to say there are only four people historically who lost Islam Haba. There were hundreds of thousands. Malachim, who that list in Sanhedrin is limited to those who had a real potential to do unbelievable things for Klai Yisrael, uh, and those people who had uh, superior uh, hasagas and talent to increase the Rukhni to Klai Yisrael and to be Bali Medrega, their own, their own uh, realm of their own Rukhnias, and they blew it. It's clear, that's the list. They took the most phenomenally talented people and uh, they were given so much and did so little with it. Otherwise, every these, uh, <coughs> these people, again, if you'd interview them, they'd say, no, we're Jewish pride, and we're building up the Malchus somewhere. But there was no, very little content over here. They were talking about uh, Melech, talking about Achav, who at the end of the day in Shemayim, they had a 50-50 Kavayachal split in the base in Shemayim, what to do with him. He had somebody's chusam in his Azakas Torah versus Avodah and his defending of the Sefer Torah versus, and then his, uh, his bravery in a war. They, it was a mess. But because of his potential, he did chuva at one point, he just didn't keep it up. Elio had a discussion with him. There was what was here. Then we don't find these short lived reigns. We don't find the, the Nevi'im talking to them. So uh, that says that the, the Mishnah Sanhedrin is a very short list based on a lost potential, if you'll call it. Let's continue with Pelayayitz, page Mem Dalad. We're in the entry of Onav. So, last week and week before, we discussed Onav, how to present and not misrepresent products as you're selling them. Houses, cars, shaduchim, and how to uh, maximize on the mysterious nefesh, the honesty, to really tell him what this is all about and then let him make a decision whether he wants to buy it and not hide the information. The concept Mechel Tos. Now he's going to go on to Anoz Devarim, which some people, even if they might be honest, might find more difficult. And that is, you can't insult people and shepherd people and make them feel bad, as he will spell out quite clearly, even if you are only joking. 
Kids use that line all the time until they're around 85, 90 years old. I was only joking. And can't you take a joke? What kind of sense of humor do you have? A joke where everybody else is laughing except for the fellow who is the butt of the joke is Alpialoch. It's not a chumrah. This is not an extra madrega for a Bissal Salanter. Probably it's going to spell it out quite clearly. It's called Anazdavarm. And um, people who grew up as uh, the people who were getting the uh, wrong side of that joke never appreciated it. Sometimes they chuckled and laughed along because they were going to be a bigger nerd if they didn't. And that's a problem. We have to teach this to our children, to our young adults, to our adults. And there are some people who never go out of this. They think the funniest thing is, uh, and there's certain like standard things uh, that people do this on birthdays. The whole thing is already Shiloh uh, saying We discussed the sheer length. That there are people who hold birthdays is can be hashkafically correct. Some hold, yeah, not parv, but uh, birthday jokes certainly hitting people on the birthday. That people when they reach like 107, they give them 107 punches. Aren't you happy to be young? This is safer. It's ridiculous. Yosef, Pen Yosef, this is a. So the guy was masking. The guy wasn't masking. He was like cl- closing his eyes tight and waiting for it to be over. But he had to do it. He doesn't want to look like a nerd. He wants to be one of the guys. The whole thing is, then you know for sure that comes not from us. It's to hit somebody. We call a person in Russia and he lifts his hands before he hits him. So it's the summer. We won't get into paintballing somebody at close range. We discussed that already. Uh, but that hurts. It stings only for a minute. So the the people on the aggressive side say, what's the matter? It only hurt for a minute. I've got hit before. It's only a small pinch and a bruise. You'll get over it. Okay, but that's only, uh, if it wasn't a bruise, uh, the most I can hold, you can't ask for it to be Michael either. That's a problem. So here we have a situation, and that's a, it's a serious discussion. People hear it if uh, somebody's listening to the share and they just heard that. If it's even a Shiloh the first time, everybody's always surprised. You're supposed to not shoot a point blank range. Nobody plays by the rules. So to go over and say, it's your birthday, uh, you're uh, 26, I want to give you 26 punches, which is uh, besides the possible same issue, it's can't hit anybody. So, okay, we'll just play a practical joke. Do you mind? Of course I don't mind. I love practical jokes. Just tell me what it is ahead of time so I can make, remember to stay home. So all this is kind of pushing people who are um, using their time in a valuable way, don't have time for these shenanigans. Doesn't mean you can't relax and Tell a good joke, but uh, you have to find a clean one and one that doesn't insult anybody and one without any Lush and Hara Metzishemra. That'll leave you around three out of all the ones you know. So it's um, the classic one, by the way, which seems to be pretty, uh, pretty innocuous, something that, like, if you don't get this, like, how can you uh, even claim to have a sense of humor? You know, the two pink elephants in the bath? So that's pretty clean, right? They weren't dressed, they went to bath, but they're elephants. So, pretty clean. If you recall, if you don't know the joke, Ashrecha, I'd like to know what planet you're from, but if you do know the joke, uh, the purpose of that joke is to make the individual who never heard it, and there's always, there's a new person being born every day. Uh, somebody, you'll find somebody young enough who never heard it, and they will be the butt of that joke, and they'll be laughing along, and then at a certain point, you'll turn the tables and say, what are you laughing about? And he won't know, and you'll embarrass him for him, which Chazal has wonderful things to say about so what's the purpose of that joke? The only success of that joke is if somebody gets embarrassed. You say, well, he's only embarrassed for a few seconds, then he laughs along, it's one of the guys, and if you want to be one of the guys, then you've got to be embarrassed, and we embarrass you today, and you embarrass us tomorrow. I don't know what, uh, what club you're trying to get into in college, but uh, 
that's why there are many things going on in universities that are not exactly plot kosher. This might be the most benign, but uh, it's... Uh, why? They, there's a law against paying, saying pink elephant jokes? That's good. Yeah, that are really illegal. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, but even something is bad. It says, okay, how can you ask her uh, pink elephant jokes? The answer is, it's not the, the... The whole joke is built on the fact that you're going to get somebody to laugh along when there's absolutely nothing funny because there's no joke and then ask him why he's laughing. For those of you who don't know the joke, come to me afterwards. We'll get a circle of people and make you feel like you're uh, <laughs> not too intelligent. Uh, so it's very sad. And there are many, there are many, many examples of this. And uh, if you're the one playing the joke, you think you're having a good time. And that's what he's going to discuss. Without further ado, Yeshanaz devarim shu chomer menaz momen. This is worse than stealing somebody's money. Worse than mechatos, worse than ripping somebody off. A person cries or feels bad and cries out to Hashem because he's embarrassed, even if it's for 20 seconds. That's on awe and that uh, Hashem listens to more. People are in the dark. They don't, they don't know it's Asr. They don't think it's Anoz Dvarim. If you're Matsar somebody, again, duration is not an excuse. The people say, he's my friend, I just did this, everybody had a good laugh. The answer is, yeah, and he was laughing also because you got to laugh along. It doesn't mean he's having a good time. If you want to figure out what's on Azvarm, what's Mutter, what's Asr, just keep in mind the following Chazal. Just think an honest moment when no one's listening. Would you really want this done to you? The answer is, of course not. You have better things to do with your time. It's uncomfortable. So then don't do it to him. They call them amrotsim, but they're not rishayim. People just don't realize the severity of what's going on. And for what? To have a laugh for two minutes. If you really want to get happy, I'd rather tell you take a take a shot of whatever you have at home. And smile. I'd rather tell you to do that than do this. And so would Chazal. Just one shot. Doesn't have to be ten. You're looking for uh, looking for a laugh. Doesn't have to be somebody else. Rabbi Mamarad Zadarkem Kessel Loma Shemitzarin Es Chavarim Deras Chayk Vakalas Roish. This is as old as the Peliyayis. There are many people who, to get a get a lift, they'll have a good time at somebody else's expense. Kedel Harbe Simcha Shal Haylulus. And this is not Simcha. It's Haylulus. He says, you can compare this only to a person who's having a good time by shooting arrows in a dark alley. Meaning somebody's going to get hit and it's dangerous. And this simcha looks like it's a good time for the few minutes you're doing it and Rahman Latslan and Elam Haba person will find out differently. And due to its severity, you have to be very careful. People are sensitive. When people get upset or even look upset after a practical joke, their friends tell them right away, why are you so sensitive? You've got to have thicker skin. Our job is not to make people's skin thick. And it's quite clear over here that people are sensitive. And the Pelayed says, most people can get 
temporarily upset or very upset for a single remark, an extra word that didn't belong. It's not our job to tell them, don't be so sensitive. The parents, when he comes home crying for a younger child, or the friends are here to encourage him after, after it happened, not to be so sensitive and to move on and don't get depressed. But that's uh, still only a is the person who said it. And he's not paying close attention to the tsar, the discomfort of his friend. And most people think, I can, I can insult him, he insulted me. And if it's not a joke, people say it's only a joke, everybody does it, it's not a problem. I'm just trying to have a good time. And with this attitude, no one's going to realize it's wrong and no one's going to do tshuva. It's not even mutter. Unless you're giving him mutter, but don't show him what he did. Just tell him, please don't do it next time. Separate is the race of Adai. We're not talking about uh, people who uh, are always looking to do chesed. We're talking about people talking about somebody did you something uh, that you weren't happy about, insulted you, embarrassed you, and you want to do it to him. Understandable. That's called nekama. And if he didn't start, you're doing it start for a practical joke, as American as that sounds. Peliyaz brings convincingly from Chazal that it's a problem. Aslacha Rabbah, find out another way to have a good time today. It's Sunday.